0: Thank you for listening to this week's message from New Day Community Church in Vandalia. We hope this message encourages and blesses you. Look us up and contact us at newdaycommunity.org. So I'm kicking off the series, like Cameron said, we're talking about greater than, choosing to live greater than average, right? And none of us... Desires. It's not like when we are in middle school or when we're growing up, we are passionate about, man, I hope that I can get to average. I hope I can just get by in life, right? We all want to exceed and we want, all want to excel. None of us want, you know, desires to have the average marriage, right? The average marriage ends in divorce, right? Nobody desires to have kind of the, the average job. The average Americans despise where they hate or they don't like where they're working. They, they're looking for something else. You know, most average... Americans are vicariously living their life through watching other people pretend to live their lives on television. And it's it's crazy, right? So we don't desire to live average lives. And Jesus himself has promised that we don't need to live average lives. In John 10.10, Jesus says, The thief comes to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come to bring life and life to the full. And that is what Jesus has promised for us. That is what he has, has called us to, to abundant, full lives. And often, and I've seen it in my own life, right, and in numerous people that I've talked to, I led uh, the youth group uh, for a number of years in the, at Kalamazoo, and I've still had a lot of relationship with uh, middle school, high school, college age Young people, right? And there's, there's this question that is burning on their minds. We want to live greater than average. We want to live the fullness of life. So what is my purpose? What is it that I am created to do? Right? And that is a question that we're longing for. Like, you know, what, how do I align myself with God's perfect will? Have you ever read that in the Bible? God's perfect will. That seems tricky. How am I going to figure that out? right how am i going to decipher what god's perfect will is many of us have heard uh the prophet jeremiah he's um talking in to the, the nation of Israel that has been scattered, right there in captivity, and he says, "I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, to give you a hope, and to give you a future." And we think, like, well, Jeremiah is talking to me. He is promising that God has this, this perfect future and this hope for me. I need to make sure that I am aligned with God's perfect purpose for my life, so that I can live for Him, so that I can be satisfied, and so that I don't waste my life. Right. And it is easy for us to try to answer this question. What is my purpose in my in our occupation? Right. And what we do for a living, how we make money. Right. We try to answer this question by making sure we marry the right person. Right. We make sure that we are living in God's perfect will by. Oh, do, am I supposed to go to Central Michigan University or to go? Should I go to Western Michigan University? Like these are actual questions that people have asked me. There's there's an easy answer. And it's it's if you don't get yourself perfectly aligned with God's will, if you don't go to the right school and study the right thing, you've missed it. It's all over. That's not true, which we're going to see momentarily. All right. And so what I want to share with you today is that God doesn't care what you do. Oh, and before you pick up stones and chase me out of here, just stick with me. You know, I think that we have this idea that we have complicated God's perfect will to such an extent that we have made it like oh, I've got to. You know, he's laid it out and there's these little footsteps, you know, along my life's path. Then I need to make sure that I'm stepping in every footstep perfectly or else I have missed God's calling in my life. And For myself, I have done this. I've been here. About five or six years ago, I was in this place, and I've told this story a lot, so I'm giving you the shortened version today, but I was trying to decide, what am I supposed to do with my life? I was working at a place called Fox Brothers, was unhappy. I felt like God was calling me to something bigger. He was calling me to something beyond just selling vinyl siding. I knew that God had a plan and a purpose for my life, and so... Through a number of things, I was trying to figure out what I should do, where I should go, and I couldn't figure it out. So I decided to set aside three and a half months. It was a semester of school, of college, and I wasn't going to college, but I took this semester and I was like, I'm going to seek God once a week. Um, It was on Wednesday nights from 7 to 8.30. I'm going to seek God once a week and, and find out what it is that he wants me to do with my life. And so in addition to my normal kind of quiet time in the morning, I would started spending time with God on, on Wednesday night seeking him. And it was great. You know, any time that you spend with God is is very rarely wasted. I've never thought, man, man I spent an hour with God, but I really wish I would have watched that episode of Survivor instead. That has never happened to me. And and so I was seeking God and it was really good. And we're we're moving along in the months and I'm journaling and praying and God is saying a bunch of great things. He's saying, Mark, I love you and Mark, you're a great son and keep up the good work and you're doing a good job. And I was like, that's great. Thank you so much, Father. But what I'm asking for is that you would just show me what my purpose in life is. Would you just show, send me an email? Wouldn't that be so easy? If God would just send us an email, Mark, I want you to do this with your life. Great, I'll do it. Because that's kind of where I was. I was like, I literally don't care, Father. I'm super unhappy where I'm at. I will do anything for you, except sell vinyl siding. Apparently, <laughs> interesting. So I was like, I will do anything. I know you've called me to something. I'll, I'll, I'll move to Africa. I will be a teacher. I'll do whatever it is you want. And so I'm seeking God. Nothing. 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 And. And at the end of this time, I remember God speaking to my spirit and saying, Mark, I don't care what you do. I just want to be part of the process. And I was like, what? Like that, it changed my whole paradigm, my whole understanding of how I was supposed to live my life, how I was supposed to walk out my life as a Christian. What my purpose was, was not consumed in my vocation, but... It was in being uh, grounded and founded in focusing on Jesus and walking with him in every single area of my life. And so today, through our message, my hope is to help anybody that might be struggling in this similar situation. Anybody that's unhappy with their work. Anybody that feels dissatisfied in their lives, so Anybody that feels like they may have missed God's perfect will in their lives, right? You feel like you've made too many mistakes, and if there was some perfect will for my life, I am way too far away from it. And now I'm just going to have to squeak by until Jesus comes back, right? But I'm hoping, my hope is that you will find some freedom today you'll find some freedom from this uh, pressure this expectation that you have to make God happy by doing the right thing making the right choice in your career or making the right choice in your spouse or the right choice of your school or the right choice of what you do for your hobbies man if i don't get it exactly right god is going to be upset there's freedom from that i want to help you to walk in freedom from this pressure of trying to learn how to discern god's will in every aspect and freedom from trying to, you know, work so hard at not wasting your life, because when we're so focused on what is the exact right thing that I'm supposed to do, we enter into this paralysis where we really are thwarting ourselves from fulfilling what God wants us to do by giving so much focus. What is the one perfect thing I'm supposed to do? We're actually missing it completely. And that is disappointing. And so today, I'm going to show you how the Apostle Paul spoke to this very same question to the the city of Colossae, the the small church in in Colossae in Asia Minor. He answered this very question 2,000 years ago to them, and he answers it for us today. So that's good news. Oh, so Paul has some things to say in the book of Colossians about our purpose, about what we are on earth for. And it feels like Paul says this, right? I'm praying that God will magically reveal his super secret, mysterious, mystical plan to you. Good luck. It's, it's. Well, listen to this. You tell me. Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all wisdom and understanding that the spirit gives. All right. So far, so good. We want to be full of the knowledge of God's will So 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 this is a this is a misinterpretation. Right. So often we can come we can come at Paul's meaning here incorrectly. Right. What we see him saying in this passage is that I'm praying so that God can magically reveal his will to you so that you can live a life worthy of the Lord. And if you figure out what God's hidden, secret, mystical plan is, then you will be able to bear fruit, then you will be able to grow in the knowledge of God, be strengthened with all power, and can then give thanks to God for revealing His secret, perfect plan for you. But this is not what Paul is saying. This is not at all what Paul is saying. Paul is saying that he wants them to know God's will so that they can live a life worthy of the Lord. And here it is. Here is my will. Here is the plan. It's not a secret. It's not a mystery. It's clear. It's doable for anyone, anywhere, at any time. And it is these four things. I don't know why my slides are messed up, but we're just going to run with it here. All right. These are the four things that Paul says. These are four characteristics for living a life worthy of the Lord. We bear fruit in every good work. We grow in the knowledge of God. We are strengthened with all power, giving joyful thanks to the Father, right? And we do these things, and when we are doing these four things, when we're living out these four characteristics, we are fulfilling God's purpose for our life. So it doesn't matter if you're a school teacher. It doesn't matter if you are a stay-at-home mom. It doesn't matter if you married this guy or this guy, all right? We can fulfill these purposes. All those choices are very important and God cares about them. You're with me? All right, those choices are very important, but you can fulfill God's perfect will for your life in any situation that you find yourself in. You have not missed it. But we make God's plans, God's purposes very complicated. Has anybody heard of a Rube Goldberg machine? Rube Goldberg machine? There are these crazy... There are these crazy things. And it's um, a Rube Goldberg uh, machine, is a complex contraption designed to achieve a simple task. It is listed in Merriam Webster's dictionary as an adjective that says doing something simple in a very complicated way that is not necessary. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and so we complicate. God's plan for our lives by thinking that we need to get every single little part in order in order to fulfill God's purpose. So let's just watch this real quick. This is what our lives look like. This is how we turn on a light switch. Let's see here. Thinking. Exactly. And so <laughs> so God's purposes in our life are pretty clear. And it's and Paul lays it out very clearly here. But we make it so complex that we miss it because we're so focused on ourselves. All right. And so my goal this morning in the next few minutes is to look at these four characteristics that Paul gives us to how is it that I fulfill my purpose? How do I fulfill my calling as a human being? All right. And then at the end, I'm going to tell you where we're heading. Okay. At the end, we're going to see that if we are doing these four things, we can then be free to do whatever we want with our lives within certain moral and ethical boundaries that are very clear in scripture. All right. We can do whatever we want. If you If you want to be a pastor, you can be a pastor, right? If you want to be a lawyer, you can be a lawyer. If you want to be a missionary, you can be a missionary. If you want to own a convenience store, own a convenience store. You can do whatever you want, and you will be fulfilling God's purpose for your life if you follow these four characteristics. Okay, so the first characteristic of a person who is filled with the knowledge of God's will and is living a life worthy of the Lord is that they are bearing fruit in every good work. All right, And so bearing fruit means being a productive part of society. All right, And Paul is saying here, I want you to bear fruit in every good work, in whatever you do. Really the culmination of... of Paul's line of thinking is in Colossians chapter 3, verse 17, where he says, Whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the Father. Whatever you do, do it in the name of Jesus, giving glory to God the Father. And so when we see Paul saying the first purpose of you living your life that is worthy of the Lord is bearing fruit. And this harkens back to Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, where God is blessing Adam and Eve, and he says to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds of the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. All right, and we can see in this first instruction to humanity that they are supposed to be fruitful. Right? And this is not merely making babies. That is included and probably maybe more in the increase in number. It's important. But we see in the, the creation stories that Moses gives us, there is this cultural mandate that God gives humanity to have dominion over the earth, to create culture, to build a society that is beneficial to all of humanity and that glorifies God as we reflect him in our work. Right? And so for Adam and Eve and and their offspring, the humanity there, this included right, everything. It included taking care of the garden. It included building houses. It included exploring the land. It included learning about God. Right? There was no occupation. There was no job. There was no hobby that was off limits for Adam. Right. And he was supposed to work the land and it was by bearing fruit that he would be a benefit to Eve and his children. It was through his work that he would be a benefit, that they would be able to to create a culture that glorified God. Right. It wasn't that God just said, Adam and Eve, I just want you to kind of make a a church and go inside of it and kind of hide there and worship me. Now he said, I want you to go out to, to live in and to thrive in this land. I've created this for you to work and enjoy and to create. And that is what bearing fruit means. I think we want to bear fruit that is we want to be beneficial to the community, the culture, the society that we are around. Because when we are doing that, we are glorifying God the Father. We are fulfilling our purpose right we are doing what we were created to do having dominion on the earth and so this can be done in anything you can bear fruit you can bless your community your culture in in any way anything you do as a pastor right hopefully i am benefiting my community by helping people grow in their knowledge of god help people you know uh learn about god and help them to live uh, abundant full lives you know give them you know teach them you know maybe some of the things Anyway, you know, uh, or when I was selling vinyl siding, though I didn't believe it at the time, I was fulfilling my purpose because people need to live in houses and and we need to have siding on the house, not just because it looks nice, though it does, but we want to keep the water from getting back there and rotting the walls and then they all fall apart. So what I was doing was benefiting society by selling vinyl siding and I was glorifying God through it. And insert your job, you can glorify God through that and you're fulfilling your God-created purpose. Okay, moving on. The second characteristic of someone who is filled with the knowledge of God and is living a life worthy of the Lord is that they are growing in the knowledge of God. All right? God wants to know you. God wants to be known by you. We were created to live in relationship. You know, again, if we go back to the creation story, it's interesting. You can take a lot of things back to the creation story. Oh, yeah. crazy. So we go back and we see that we were created to live in community with each other and with God. Right. God didn't need to make us. He wasn't kind of floating around up in not space, whatever, (laughs) whatever was before he spoke. He's not up there like, man, I'm really lonely. What should we do? Oh, let's. Let's make some man. You know, he didn't need our companionship. He doesn't need our glory. You know, he doesn't need our worship. He needs nothing. He is completely content as the triune God, right? But he created us because he wanted to express and he wanted to share and pour out this love that he was sharing with the rest of the Trinity, right? He wanted to... to create life so that other people could live the, the fullness and the joy of knowing God, of living life. He just He created us to know him and to know each other and to enjoy all that he has made. Right? And so he wants us to know him. Right? And this is not a hard thing to do, especially in our culture today. We've got a lot of ways that we can grow in the knowledge of God. And we can understand that uh, if we really want to be living God's purpose for our lives, we want to be fulfilling what God has created us to do, we should be growing in the knowledge of God. Paul says it right here. And there's one super easy. The first thing that came to my mind is like, well, how do we do this? And I encourage you, and, and you guys are all doing it. So preaching to the choir, right? But you can come to church on Sunday mornings. Right? And you can listen to the sermon and you can actually engage with it. Maybe here's a next step. You can get a notepad and you can start taking some notes and maybe you'll disagree with something that we say. That would be awesome. Not that we want to be wrong, not that we want to say things that aren't true, but it means that you're engaging with what is happening. Is You're thinking critically about what we're saying and not just, going, just kind of eating. Oh, Cameron said that. Oh, great. You know, we want to be growing in the knowledge of God. And so we purposely, you know, dive in. He's given us his word, right? God wants relationship with us. So he's revealed himself through the Bible. He's revealed himself through the life of Jesus, which predominantly we learn of through the Bible. He's revealed himself, you know, even in in nature. We can see the attributes of, of God as we as we hang out in nature, as you are out there hunting. Are there hunters down here? You guys hunt? (laughs) Oh. Mm. Say say you were into hunting. You go out there and you could learn something about God by being out in in the world and just pursuing God and saying, God, I want to know you You know, spending time in prayer, actually reading your Bible. You know, this helps you to grow in the knowledge of God. I encourage everybody to get like a study Bible and it's got the notes, it's got the chapter introductions. It will help you out a lot. It'll be great. Um, but learning, taking some initiative on your own to go, what does God say? What does God do? Who has God revealed himself to be? You know, and so let us as a as a community, let's grow in the knowledge of God because we know that as we grow in the knowledge of God, we are fulfilling our purpose, Right. And so there's some really good reasons to uh, grow in the knowledge of God. We just said that God wants to know us. He wants to to reveal himself to us. But in Psalm 19, oh, that's really small. Sorry. Uh, Psalm 19:7 says this. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. Right? And so the the psalmist here is is singing the the praises of God's word. You know, and he's talking about the the Old Testament law and the, the, the stories there, the narratives of the Old Testament. But for us this includes everything in the New Testament as well, right? God is revealing Himself to us and as we get into it and as we get that word inside us, it refreshes our soul. Who wants their soul refreshed? I do. You know, it makes wise the simple. That could come in handy. Absolutely. It gives joy to the heart. Who wants to be more joyful? And it gives light to our eyes. It helps us to discern where we're heading. It helps us to discern what is going on in our world. So it is super beneficial in your fulfilling your God-given purpose as you grow in the knowledge of God. Thirdly, the third characteristic of somebody who is growing in or who is filled with the knowledge of God's will and is living a life worthy of the Lord is that we are strengthened with God's glorious power so that we can endure, is what Paul says. We are called to endure. We are called as Christ followers to persevere. Right? And we see, if we go back to the creation story, Interesting. God gave Adam and Eve this task, right? He says that you guys are to have dominion over all the earth. You are to, to rule and, and reign, right? You are to finish this race that I've put before you. You're supposed to create culture. You're supposed to bear fruit and multiply. And they did not persevere in the fullness that God wanted them to. Right. They made a little mistake. They decided I'm going to rebel and reject God's rules. I'm going to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and I'm going to bring sin and death not only into me and into my wife, but into every person, all of humanity from me on. That's what they decided to do. They did not endure. They did not persevere. But praise God, praise God. Even immediately after they sinned, we see that God goes into action and he decides that I am going to make this right again. I am going to send a deliverer. And we see that deliverer promised throughout the pages and the prophecies of the Old Testament. And ultimately, we know that that Messiah was Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ came and he died. He became the second Adam. He destroyed the power of sin and death, and he transferred us from the country of sin and death where we were oppressed and dying and following our master Satan. And he said, bloop. And I'm going to come and transfer you bloop down here into the kingdom of my love, the kingdom where there is freedom. You're free from the law of sin and death. You're no longer over there. Now you're over here. And now that you're in my kingdom, I encourage you to persevere, to finish the race. The author of Hebrews says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Right? We have been placed in a new path. We have the ability to fulfill God's plans and purpose for our life. We are now enabled, filled with the this Holy Spirit, filled with Holy Spirit power, empowered With strength to persevere. Now that God has saved us, put us in this new land, shown us where we're going, we have a, we have a great hope that we are looking forward to. And now our job is to persevere. Because now that we're in the kingdom of God's love, the, the kingdom of my love. What's that? Something in Colossians. You can look it up. Read your Bible. The kingdom of the son of my love. Love of my, darkness to the kingdom of the son of my love something like that anyway and we're in this great kingdom which the kingdom of god there's the kingdom of heaven and we are now in this place oh my goodness i got distracted let me go back to my notes for one moment so bear with me the son of his love that's it that's where we are now And so we're in this new kingdom and we assume that everything is going to be great and easy and fun and wonderful and we're going to, you know, we're going to get married and we're going to get the job and we're always going to have enough to eat and everything is going to be wonderful because now we are in God's kingdom. But we never see that promise in scripture. Not on this side of eternity. Right. We know that God loves us. We know that God is for us. We know that living life in this kingdom is full of love and joy and peace and patience. It's so good. It is the full and abundant life. But even Jesus said that there will be trouble, that there is going to be persecution, that things are going to come against you, that the enemy still rules on this planet that he is still attacking us, he still wants to destroy us, and so we are called to persevere. But good news, this is the, the one of the characteristics, um, interesting, the, that is passive. This is a passive. We don't go out and strengthen ourselves, though really by bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God, you are uh, acquiring this strength. But it is the, the power of the Holy Spirit birthed inside of you that empowers you to walk out this this race, to finish this race that we are running. So if you are persevering, if you are trusting God with your whole life, with everything that you do, with whatever your career is, whoever your spouse is, whatever school you go to, hopefully it's not Central Michigan University, but... You know, I'm just kidding. That's a joke. That's a joke. Um, I literally don't care. Um, uh, whatever you're doing if you're trusting God you're persevering you are fulfilling your purpose on this earth you're glorifying God finally the fourth characteristic this how late you go Cameron <laughs> okay good the fourth characteristic of a person who is filled with the knowledge of God's will and is living a life worthy of the Lord is that they are giving joyful thanks to the Father And, you know, for thousands of years, through whatever religion you want to look at, whatever philosopher, you know, many, many wise people have talked about the importance, the significance of being thankful, of living a life of gratitude, right? And we see it throughout the, the pages of the Old Testament. Psalm 118, 24 says, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And so learning to give thanks in our lives fulfills our purpose of glorifying God, right? It uh, Giving thanks, it it forces us to, to remember that it is God who is the giver of all good things. That every breath we take is a gift, right? Every tree uh, that we see, every time we get to go out hunting or skiing or whatever it is that you like to do, playing board games. If you're into that, uh, whatever it is you like to do, that is a gift that you can enjoy that. God has created that for you within certain ethical and moral boundaries that are very clear in Scripture. <laughs> uh, um, so and so whatever you do, give thanks to God. Right. As you, you know, even in difficulty, you know, there is this thing on Facebook, you know, uh, is this uh, is a, one of those pictures that you always just scroll past But I, I saw it this morning and it was like this thankfulness chart. It was like, thankful for laundry because it means I have clothes to wear. Thankful for doing the dishes because it means we've been eating. That was really good. I was like, yeah, even in the stuff that we're like, oh, I don't really want to go to work today. It's like, man, God, I'm so thankful that I have a job, that I can pay my bills and I can have electricity. You know, and this is great. Thank you so much. So as we give joyful thanks to the Father, we are fulfilling our purpose in God our purpose for God putting us on the planet. Why are we taking up space on this earth? To glorify God. And Paul says, and I mentioned it at the beginning, Colossians three seventeen. he says, In whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. That is our purpose, friends. And so our purpose, to close, is to glorify God. The Westminster Shorter Catechism, question one, says, what is man's chief end? Uh, man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Wow, that sounds like fun. I, I want to enjoy God forever. And Paul says that we do that by bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power and giving joyful thanks to the Father. And we can do this, we can do these four things in whatever situation we find ourselves in. Right? It's not about finding that one perfect thing that God wants you to do. It's not about finding the one right job, the one right spouse, the one right anything and thinking then I'll be happy, then I'll feel satisfied, then I will be able to do these four things that Paul has called me to do. No, we can do them in any situation, wherever we are, whatever we are doing. And if we know that we're living a life worthy of the Lord, we know that we're pleasing to God, then, friends, this is the question everybody wants me to answer, right? Then we are free to pursue the passions and giftings that God has put inside of us. Then we can do whatever we want. When I was seeking God and going, God, what do you want me to do? And he said, I don't care what you do. I just want to be part of the process. I had the freedom to fulfill God's plan and purpose for my life in whatever way I wanted to. And I saw the giftings and the passions that he's put in me. And in talking to Cameron and talking to my friend Scott Jones, I realized that what I wanted to do was be a pastor. I wanted to pursue that. And God's like, that's awesome. Let's do it. You know, but there was a freedom knowing that even when I was stuck at Fox Brothers doing something I hated, I was fulfilling my purpose by glorifying God. And now that I'm in something that I love and I encourage everybody to pursue doing something that God has gifted them with, something that they love, but not in a way that they're trying to get God's pleasure, but living from a place of God's acceptance, his love and his pleasure. Amen.